Do you feel overwhelmed by the choices or maybe even the lack of choices of chicken first aid supplies, treats, and other chicken keeping items? Have you ever stood in your favorite feed store and felt completely confused, not sure what to try without it being a total waste of money? We have the perfect solution to this problem. Just subscribe to the monthly chicken keeping box, Henny and Rue. Henny and Rue makes it easy to get products not available at your local feed store, build your poultry first aid kit, try new treats and coop items, keep your flock healthy and happy, and enjoy carefully selected chicken themed gifts for yourself or to give to someone else you love that loves chickens too. The products are hand selected by the founder of Henny and Rue, who is a chicken keeper herself. So you know the products have been tested by someone who knows what they're doing. So treat your chickens and yourself by going to hennyandrue.com and subscribing today. And use code DRINKANDFARM to get 15% off your first subscription box. Hey, Sam. Oh, hey, Bev. And hey, Jay, over there. Oh, hey. Oh, the. We have a friend. We do. We have friends that don't just bleed at us or cluck at us or yes. yell at us in general terms. We have friends on the Instagram. <laughs> that that kind of seems like everybody's life these days, I think. The fact that, you know, if we, if we can have somebody that's we call a friend that doesn't yell at us specifically, then it's yeah. really amazing. It is. That's a good place to be in. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So Jay is the co-owner of Chaffe, but he does so much more than that. So we'll get into that later. Um, But first, we're all going to talk about what we're drinking over here. So Sam, what are you drinking over there? So I am drinking today. uh, It's from New Day. Uh, It's called a Lavender Lemon Mead Spritzer. And I think, Bev, this is one you've had before, but I also had some sips of it when we were in Indiana for creep camp. And it is very refreshing. I do not appreciate that they put the calories on the side of the can, though. I, I don't need that when I drink. <laughs> but it is a very delightful, refreshing How rude. beverage. I know. I don't. I, I feel like this should just be considered zero calories for how hard I work. So I don't mm-hmm. need that in my face. It's just right. some <laughs> constructive cr- criticism for New Day over there. <laughs> but Bev, what are you drinking? So I am also drinking a beer that we picked up while we were at Coop Camp in Indiana. And that is the Urban Artifact Squeeze Box, which is mm-hmm. a strawberry Midwest fruit tart. And it is quite delightful. That is a good one. So what are you drinking over there, Jay? I've got a growler that I'm about to rip into here after this. I've still got about 120 acres of alfalfa to cut today, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to stare at that and then after I get home, I'm going to dip my uh, toes into that one nicely. It's it's a brown from the Spotted Dog in Las Cruces, New Mexico. It's just a regular old brown ale that tastes like a bunch of angels are having a party in your mouth. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Oh, I love that description. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> we need to. We're gonna steal that. One it's kind of, of awkward, days. but yeah. At the same time, it's a good party. I mean, we're all about good parties and awkward over here. <laughs> That's right. 
And speaking of awkward introductions, welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things, yes. the mini-zone. I'm really excited to be here. I'm thankful that uh, that you two saw it in your kind little hearts to let me join you for a little bit. <laughs> I meant big hearts. I said little, like it was imposing something, but... We're feeling very honored that you press pause on your day of, you know, farming to come talk to us and to teach us some more things about what you do and what you're all about. So thank you, too. Well, thanks. Yeah. And we also need to thank one of our Patreon sponsors, Elise Ferguson, which is at EGF Brahma Mama for sponsoring this episode's drink. So cheers, lady. Oh, thank you, lady. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Jay is at HillJ45 on the Instagram. There will be a link to his Instagram in the show notes so you guys can go check him out after you have finished uh, listening to this interview if you haven't checked him out yet. But Jay, you do so many things just judging by your IG feed, but (laughs) will you tell the people who you are? How would you describe yourself? I call myself a generation and a half uh, farmer. Um, that being said, my father grew up on a tobacco farm in Tennessee, um, but did not want to continue in agriculture. Um, and through a crazy world that we live in, um, he ended up buying 10 acres south of Las Cruces, New Mexico. And you fast forward from his Tennessee days, uh, 50 years, um, I had a conversation with him asking if I could take over that 10 acres when I was 16. And um, he said, I really don't want you to <laughs> be a farmer. He said, I'd like for you to, you know, go to school and go on and work for a company and, you know, go home at, at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon and enjoy life a little bit more. But uh, I ended up coming up with a business plan and he helped me walk through that and uh, planted 10 acres of onions my first year. And I wake up every morning now and kind of wonder where I'm at and where we're going. It's turned into uh, a multifaceted farm. We not only have uh, chaffee, which is awesome, and, and chaffee is relatively new to us, um, but at the same time we do a lot of alfalfa, we do a lot of cotton, we do wine grapes, we do onion seed, carrot seed, we grow lettuce, cabbage, pecans, oats, barley, Sudan sorghum, uh, wheat, chili peppers, um, red and green chili peppers. Um, I know I'm forgetting a bunch of things. Uh, Beef cows. uh, we got a couple chickens running around and one goat named Bradley. (laughs) (laughs) So there's there's an overview of kind of what we do. Yeah. So I I do have one question. Do you sleep? Because I don't know how you put that in. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't work (laughs) out really well. And then then you add on top of it, I've got an amazing wife, uh, a daughter named Harvest, and one more mm-hmm. due to hit the ground in September. So, oh my gosh! Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of not a whole lot of sleep involved, but uh, <laughs> you know, I signed up for it, so don't complain about it. Let's just enjoy it. I like that attitude. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It sounds it sounds amazing, and it, it sounds like you really enjoy doing everything that you do because you wouldn't do it if you if you didn't love it. Yeah, it's amazing. It is it is without a doubt one of the most amazing. Um, one of the most amazing uh, occupations that anybody could do and the fact that you can wake up in the morning and and see what you did the day before and kind of see how that progresses day in and day out is absolutely amazing. And then now that we have a lot of, um, I don't know, now that we're in the retail space 
and that people are actually able to pick up a tangible product and you know kind of relay that back to us it's fun because we see it go all over the country and yeah i mean there's people that have concerns and questions and all those kind of things but at the same time um, it's just a lot of fun to see when people grab it and they're like oh this is really awesome and we really enjoy your products so that's fun um so you're talking about tangible product and you mentioned Chaffe. So can you kind of give us a high level overview of what Chaffe is and how you came up with that or became a co-owner of that yeah. company? So Chaffe is a premium chopped alfalfa. And I always feel like I'm on a commercial when I say, you know, they're like, what is Chaffe? It's a premium chopped alfalfa that's only grown in the <laughs> desert. So, you know, um, but <laughs> Chaffe is, uh, Chaffe is chopped alfalfa that we, um, we put a little bit of molasses on and we pack, uh, pack it into a bag and let it ferment. And um, that's a very simplistic overview of what Chaffe is. The company was developed in New Zealand oh, 20 some odd years ago. Um, it made its way to this unique little valley that we live in in, in far west Texas uh, because of the climate and the fact that our hay is our real extreme low humidity um, and then our temperature swings make the hay grow amazingly well, and our proteins are very consistent. And um, and so they, through a long list of owners and different people that had been a part of the company, um, the farm was sold to a municipality, um, was actually sold to the city of El Paso. Mm-hmm. And then the city of El Paso started leasing the farms back out in Chaffe, the Chaffee farm was a part of it and I had picked up that lease and then the actual company itself um, was not going to be in existence anymore because they had sold all of their property and so we ended up picking up Chaffee and uh, and carrying that as one of our lines of what we do. Dry hay is kind of our bread and butter. We do a lot of belled alfalfa so you know anything from a 60 pound bell to a 2,000 pound bell um, but it was just really neat to see the benefit of Chaffee. Um, so we did we did about a year and a half research study on it before we bought the company before we even before we even decided we wanted to go down that that road, and um, and then after looking at health benefits, it was like oh my gosh, this is something that's pretty amazing, and uh, and nobody's really heard about it. The the way of marketing before I got involved um, was pretty old school. Uh, there was a lot of claims that had been made by the by the previous owners, and and not to knock on them by any any means but there was a lot of uh, safety concerns and a lot of quality control checks that were not put in place that were were said they were Mm. and uh, so we spent the last year and a half just really making sure that the product is is what it is and and transparency is something that i think is extremely uh, important in agriculture from food to animal feed to fiber Um, and i think that that what we're doing with chaffee is pretty cool because we're trying to really let people know what we're doing you know, from one end to the other. Yeah. And I'm really excited that you picked Chaffe up because Chaffe just happens to be the thing that um, the breeder of my goats had recommended as a feed. And where I live out in Southern Ohio, I couldn't find it anywhere. Really? Like there's this feed that I really want to feed my goats and it's just not available. Well, it was available like two hours for me, which is just a little too far to go on a regular basis when you have such a small operation that I have. Cause I'm just a hobby farmer. I've got like five goats and a donkey and a garden. And so I don't do anything you're, on a you're, large you're scale. You're four times larger in the goat world than I am. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so when I um, stumbled upon you on Instagram, and I can't even remember how that happened. Instagram is such like an organic place where you become friends with people, and then you see somebody mentioned somewhere else, and it was like, oh, hey, this guy is a partial owner of Chaffe. Maybe he can help me get a hold of some. And then we chatted a little bit, and I looked again, and I was like, somebody started carrying it. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) But I was like that person going to the website every month or so, like submitting that I wanted Chaffe to be carried at my local feed store. (laughs) That is the hardest thing, too. So so when we we bought the company, we rebranded. And and we we kept the name Chaffe, which because a lot I think a lot of people would kind of heard the name, but at the same time it's so hard to say. And when you read it, like people will call it like Chufwa and Chufi and Chaffe and <laughs> like all kinds of. I mean, we get all kinds of stuff. It's hilarious. And I'm thinking about doing like just a quick IG video just on all of the names that people call it. It's just hilarious to listen to what some of these people say, but. Um, but the way that people have reached out through Facebook, you know, we've got. We've got a gal in the front office, Leslie, and she is just absolutely amazing. Her customer service is on point, but at the same time, when we changed the the label and all of that stuff, people just freaked out. And we put a dollar a package, which depending on where you're at in the country, um, we went we went up on our prices because we spent so much money on quality control, and so we had this huge ripple effect where like they're like, you know, people were like, oh, the new Chaffee owners are just going to stick it to everybody and there's no customer service. And we had some people in the goat oh. world that were prominent breeders that were getting a really, really good deal from the previous owners. And I'm like, I, I'm I'm sorry, like I, I can't afford to do that. I'm bringing more people on staff and I'm, I'm trying to make this company, you know, be something that it, it's touting that it is. Um, and it's going to cost a little bit more to do it. And so we had about a nine month kind of free fall. Mm. Um and and so it just took us a little while to, for finally for people to kind of understand oh okay this is exactly where this company's trying to go and they're even more transparent not not just having a non-gmo certification but i mean they're willing to talk about what goes on in the field they're talking about you know what they do at the plant and uh, and and so it was just kind of one of those deals that we for lack of better terms it was just a shit show for a couple couple days <laughs> And, uh, and so it's nice to be to a point now where we're at finding people that are reaching out on Facebook and saying, hey, you know, we're in middle of Ohio, we can't find anybody and I can get a hold of Leslie or Leslie seeing that stuff and saying, hey, Jay, um, let's get a hold of, of somebody in this region and let's see if we can get some, some chaffe out there. And, and we're starting to see that real organic movement again, is which I think is so much more important in life than paying for ad space here and there um, just to see people talk about the product and then be real with people about your downfalls in the product and it makes it better and so we're seeing that kind of take off now well and it helps you build trust with the people that you do business with because like if you can make a raving fan like i am of chaffe out of the people that use it like they just they automatically want to tell everybody how awesome it is and how amazing it is and i think that's the thing too is taking the time i mean like ig like on uh, on instagram i can't like all the direct messages that i get now i I really can't follow up with everybody and what i try to tell them is you know i mean here's my cell phone number (laughs) and honestly if you have if you have a concern large enough just call me on my cell phone if if not then then please just you know reach out to the office and they'll do it but I want to make sure that even though we're we're growing at a very rapid pace and that my farm is a large farm, I still want to be extremely approachable. 
um, and and know that we do make mistakes. At the same time, if we didn't make mistakes, then we wouldn't be a good farm. And so mm -hmm. I want to make sure that people understand that, yeah, we're human. Um, we are going to do everything in our in our capability to make sure that we are we are doing the right thing, not only for our employees and myself, but our environment. Um, I was just in Chicago for three days, you know, talking with a bunch of sustainability officers from a bunch of gigantic companies. And, you know, it was fun because, you know, at the end of the day, they were like, you know, we felt like you slapped us in the face. And I'm like, good, it's time for you guys to wake up and understand what the farmer's <laughs> going through over here. Yeah. So it was, it was really, you know, and that's what we want to, that's what we want at Chaffee. And that's what we want with all of my, my little companies. We want to, we want to make sure that people understand that we are going to, we are going to have ups and downs, but at the same time we care about the goat that you're feeding or we care about the chicken or the horse or, you know, cause we feed it to our animals here too. And I want people to understand <laughs> we're, we're, we're all fighting this thing together. Right. So what is the difference? Cause I haven't tried it yet. So what is the difference between like regular hay that I get from Joe Schmo down the road? Nothing wrong with that versus chaffe. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a lot of people ask that question. They're like, well, I can go buy, you know, I can go buy a, um, 50, 60 pound bell from my neighbor for $4 and 50 cents. And I go to the feed store and Jay, your chaffe is 1250 or 1550 or whatever, depending on where you're at, you know, what makes it so much mm -hmm. better. Um, the biggest thing that we can provide is constant nutrition. Um, and it is, it is going to be within the same protein parameters, same ash, same sugar, same, everything is going to be consistent. Um, when we chop, it says small batch on the bag. And, and the reason it says small batch is one, I thought it would be cool because I thought about beer and how a lot of my friends brew small batches mm -hmm, and how they yeah. really know everything about that batch. And when they talk about it, I mean, I think this time's back to drinking and farming. Um, but <laughs> when, when you talk about something like that or wine, um, people really get intrigued about what happens in the small changes that make that unique. Um, and so our alfalfa is is chopped in batches from the field, and then everything in that batch is is recorded. And so we know exactly what you know if if something changes in the parameters in the lab. If we're testing it, and it's like your proteins, you know, way high or way low. Then that batch automatically gets cold. Um, and we feed that to our cows here, so that's not a it's not a bad thing to call it because our cows get to dine on some high-end stuff. Um, but what's making it different from that hay is when you go to the store and you pick it up every single month or every three months or whenever, it's going to be the same thing. And so if you use that as your baseline nutrition for your animal, you don't have to worry about their gut changing from, well, the farmer bailed this hay when it was really perfect, and then the next week you buy some and well, this is not quite as good. And then some that was too good, it's too much protein. And so then the animal's gut is reacting to that. And um, especially like with goats, with, with ruminant animals, mm -hmm. um, you've, you've got to really make sure that, I mean, they'll eat aluminum cans and do whatever. Yeah, but at the <laughs> same time, if you want them if you want them to, you know, have a very good stable diet, you've got to find something that's going to be consistent. And so we tout consistency. That's our... That's our bread and butter. Um, the fermentation process means that it's it's pre-digested. And essentially the easiest way, you know, somebody the other day was like, can you sum up what is chaffee? And I said, it's kombucha for your animal. Oh. Um, <laughs> it is, it, the fermentation process 
um, allows those li allows those uh, live microbes to interact with gut function, and so um, the protein is absorbed easily by the animal. And a lot of people that feed it to horses are like, it makes unicorn turds. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, they're like black, shiny unicorn poops. And I'm like, well, what, what, what does that mean? They're like, there's no flies on them and they're, they're shiny. And I'm like, it's because there's no protein left in them. The reason your animal is, you know, putting out a really green, starchy looking horse apple is because it still has a lot of protein and the flies feed on that. And, and it's, the animal's not, not absorbing it so the nice thing about chaffe and you can buy haylage and all kinds of stuff from all over the country the only thing that separates us from 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 everyone else is it's batched it's i mean your animal is going to get the same thing all year long instead of this is going to be you know different one 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 way or the other mm -hmm. if that makes sense well, and consistency um, can be really important depending on what you do with your animals. Like if you're a small goat dairy farmer, consistency allows you to properly project your farm outputs of your animals. Because when their diet is constantly changing in quality, that also translates down to change in quality and quantity of the milk that your animal produces as well. Absolutely, and that's where we've seen some of the biggest benefit is in lactating animal, animals, um, is the fact that, you know, this is, if they're needing more protein, it's easy to, it's easy to buy whatever supplement any, anybody or anything needs, you know, that's the beauty in, in our market now is, you know, for the people that feed it for rodeo horses or, you know, whatever they're using, you know, if the, if the animal is having to put in a lot of exertion and is burning through protein, you can, you can supplement it. But at the same time, the baseline protein and all of that is always going to be there. So if something's lactating and if you're, if you're milking a dairy goat, the biggest thing that we see is they will hold milk longer and the quality of the cream and the quality of the milk will stay consistent because the animal has kind of worked its, its ruminant has worked its way into to a healthy lifestyle of understanding what it's going to eat every day instead of these peaks and valleys. That's so cool. <laughs> I know that's, and that's when we were doing the research on it before we bought the company. I was like, this is awesome. Like, why doesn't everybody feed this? <laughs> and then I got, then I figured out how much it costs to make it. I was like, no wonder why everybody doesn't feed this. <laughs> like, I get it now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you find then, since this sounds like a bougie version of what I feed my goats. Now the goat, the, I have like a 1200 pound bale just sitting in the middle of my barn right now that I bring in these huge leaves in and they eat most of it, but they waste a lot of it because they are picky AF. So do, is there a mm -hmm. lot of waste associated with chaffe, like with regular hay or do we, do you not see that as much? Well, I mean, in, in our case, you shouldn't see waste because okay. the stem and the leaf is fermented together. Um, it's oh. a real sweet, the molasses smell comes across as extremely sweet. It's almost overpowering and some animals take a little while to get used to that sweet smell. Um, not every animal just kind of is like, oh wow, this is amazing. Especially <laughs> in horses, we see some that'll, I mean, it'll, it'll take two weeks for them to come to it. Oh wow. Um, but at the same time, um, we... If you look back on my IG a little bit, there's a, a big, gigantic green John Deere chopper, and that's what we actually use to chop the chaffe with. And um, and we just bought a brand new one just for this for this reason. Consistency in our chop length, you're going to see some stems that are kind of long in the bag every now and then, but for the most part, you should see stem length no longer than two inches throughout the bag. 
And so wow. small animals, big animals should be able to pick all of that up. And they don't have the ability to pick through leaf and stem. And so they get the gut scratch factor that they need. But at the same time, the stem is soft. And so it's not, you're not seeing lip and gum problems. You're not seeing gut problems from puncture from stem. It's soft and it's very palatable. And, um, and so they don't pick through it half as much. I, I, and I've heard some people are like, yeah, they still push the stems to the side a little bit. But for the most part, you won't see it as much as you do in regular dried hay. I haven't seen uh, them be picky with the chaff hay. And in fact, it's kind of funny. When hay falls on the ground out of the hay feeder for my goats, when it's like regular alfalfa, they won't touch it again once it's touched the ground. But those little jerks went and stole the chickens ha- chaffe the other day. <laughs> oh, I had yeah. thrown some out so the chickens could have some. And then I'm, I'm pretty like lackadaisical on my farm. When I need to pull the donkey out, I usually just open the goat gate because I know that they're not going to go very far. They sniffed out where I had thrown the chaffe for the chickens and had chased the chickens away and was eating that on the oh ground. My God. <laughs> and I'm like, I have your bucket right here. You're going to get yours in a second, but let me tie Herc up first before I put you guys back. It's amazing. Oh, it's amazing to watch how, you know, different animals react to different feeds too. And I mean, chaffe is, I've been watching, you know, I, I send a bunch of boxes out to people and, and seeing people's reactions. And it's just funny because, um, we have those little 20 ounce bags and, and a lot of the people are like, it's like a push pop. And they're like, yeah. it's like a push pop for our animals. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I, I'm marketing it all wrong. But no, it's, it's neat to see a product that, that is, that, that people, you know, are seeing, Hey, this actually works. And one thing with like chickens, it's pretty funny too, is we've got 11, we had 12, but Bruce, my silver lab decided he needed a snack. Oh um, yeah. My dogs are like that too. <laughs> yeah. And which he only, he killed one and have, we have not had any more problems. And so I don't know if that chicken was just a jerk and needed to die, but Bruce, <laughs> Bruce thinned, thinned the flock a little bit. Um, but once we started feeding our chickens chaffee a lot, man, those, those shells, those eggs got so hard. It was almost too hard. And my wife went back to feeding a little bit of, uh, just regular alfalfa here and there just so it wasn't, but, uh. But you could see the change. It took about 30, 35 days, but you could actually see it. And we do a lot of experimenting with our, you know, and I say experimenting, don't don't think it's something crazy. But, you know, as we're doing different <laughs> products, like if we're chopping wheat and mixing it with molasses or oats or, any, you know, because we're looking at, at launching two or three more products in the next year, um, you know, we use Bradley the goat and we use um, Penny the pony. We've got a... We got a pony, and because everybody needs a pony. Yeah, I need a pony. I have a donkey, but I need a pony too. <laughs> come, you can come have Penny the pony. Um, Penny, Penny's a oh. jerk, and he picks up Bradley and throws him around. But oh, <laughs> we're getting oh, Bradley. No. We're getting Bradley. I uh, know we're getting Bradley fat enough where where Penny can't pick him up anymore. So. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't want any, I didn't want a horse again. Like I, I grew up without horses, but then my dad bought a ranch when I was in high school. And so I ended up being horseback almost every day for like eight years. Mm. And me and me and the equine world never really sat eye to eye. <laughs> and I think it's because my dad just bought really trashy horses that really just didn't care about life. And, uh, and mm. so he ended up going to a raffle this last year and won a raffle for a pony. And guess who ends up with the pony? So, oh no! Yeah, so we've got Penny the Pony, it's just, 
and we actually have some chaffe shirts that are coming out with the with the goat and the pony on it so that i'll make sure and send you all some of that it's pretty oh funny. i love that oh that sounds awesome <laughs> so. i loved hearing um about the changes that you saw um in feeding your chickens chaffe i've been using it as a treat along with like grublies and some other fun things that i give my chickens and mm-hmm. they were a little iffy about the chaffe at first they kind of looked at me a little funny but now even when they're free ranging i can throw it in the middle of their grass and they'll go for the chaffe over their free ranging grass which is really cool and gut health in chickens is really important as well mm-hmm. it helps keep their poops the right consistency and probably helps with some other internal issues that chickens are kind of prone to because chickens are kind of gross yeah and i think one of the the the, the <laughs> i said yeah like right behind you're like chickens are kind of gross I'm like, yeah they are yeah. we're all like yeah <laughs> they, savages they, they are savages baby birds in their cow. mouth yeah. yeah i mean they are out of control um but it's it's really cool to see how something like in, essentially we're culturing something in that bag and so a lot of people will open a bag and they see this huge white spot in there and they're like, oh my gosh, we've got mold in our chaffe bag. And and that's why it's all over the website. It's it, it's We try to tout this as much. It's not mold, it's yeast. And what ends up happening is mm. you'll see a colonization of yeast inside the bag um, during the fermentation process. And that is a unbelievable natural occurring probiotic. And whenever we open a chaffe bag and it's close to any of the animals that have been eating it, the first thing they attack is that yeast. They're like, this is, yeah. And it's because it's culturing that micro, that micro uh, colony in their gut and it's, you know, parasites and things like that. It is keeping a healthy gut system and we see it even in chickens. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can see a consistency in, in their poops and, um, you can tell that they're feeling better and their energy levels are up. And, uh, and they don't seem to be as broody, but I, I'm not going to guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if it was right. like a magic pill for broodiness. Oh, right. that's all my chickens would eat. <laughs> Especially here when it's 105 right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, yes. They're a bunch of jerks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have a chicken overheat in a nesting box from going broody. And I'm like, come on, guys, get out of the coop. It's too hot for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, have you thought about, so we talked about like yeast and bacteria and culture and whatnot. Have you thought about trying to pair with a brewery to make like a chaffe beer? You know, we, <laughs> my, um, my brother-in-law works for a brewery called Tractor, which is really good in Albuquerque, um, New Mexico. And we've taught a lot of people, the first time they open a chaffe bag and they're like, it smells so good. Yeah. Like they're like, oh man, it's like, I want to eat it. And I'm like, hmm. And so someone was talking about that the other day. He was like, we should make, we should make a chaffe beer. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm that crazy, but you know, <laughs> somebody that knows a lot about that, I guess would be fine. You know, it's for his, I don't know how I want to term this earthy or farmy or whatever you would consider me. Um, I <laughs> have to work, worry about wine grapes, which to me seems like a lot more polished. You have to make sure you're, you know, pinky out, you know. Um, and so I like drinking beer, but we grow wine grapes. And so we're usually trying to really make sure we have something that's refined well and tastes good and all of this kind of stuff. And then, and then you go home and it's like, oh, we're a lot more brash of a drinker than we are in the field where we're actually thinking about something 
that needs to be fine and, and polished. But so I don't know if we'll get to the beer. I'm imagining a chafe beer would be so you know how IPAs are insanely popular right now and there are styles that are really piney so you taste them mm -hmm. and they remind you of being up in the mountains because it tastes like you're drinking like a balsam fir or something like that well a chafe beer to me would feel like you were sitting in a field and if you cultured it with the Brett yeast culture, which is the one that is usually used for like farmhouse ales or saisons, it would have that wet horse blanket taste and smell to it. <laughs> and it would feel really farmy. And I know like wet horse blanket is a weird way to describe a beer. No, but, but it's amazing you said that. There. And like I yeah. tasted that in the back of my throat right now. I was like, Phew. yeah. But it like in a beer, it tastes really good. I can't describe it, but some people hate it. Some, I mean, that's the thing about taste. You know, everybody yeah. gets to decide what they like and what they don't like. But for me, I've never owned horses, but I've always loved them. So when I first tried a farmhouse saison that had that wet, sweaty horse blanket smell and taste to it, I just like I felt like I was in heaven. I was like, this is the best beer on the planet. Well, if you if you come across a brewer that would want to take on a chaffe style beer. Here, I, I'm in. All right. I'm going to start digging around. I challenge have Challenge accepted. <laughs> challenge yes. accepted. I like, I, like, I like those kind of challenges, especially the ones that let you sleep better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, and one thing too is I don't want anybody to think that, you know, your podcast is specifically used today for a Chaffe commercial. Um, Chaffe, you know, you can go to, to www.chaffe.com and, and check anything out. And one thing is I just... I really, really am appreciative of, of y'all, one, allowing me to come on, and two, um, we are a very large farm, and so there's a lot of people that, I think there's been a huge division um, in agriculture and public perception and the fact that if, if you are a big farmer, then you're, you're therefore not sustainable, um, or you don't care as much about the environment or human rights or, you know, and so I spend a, you know, when I travel, a large part of my time is devoted to just kind of I, I want my farm to be open and I want people to understand what we do every day. And I want to, you know, people to understand that, yeah, like Chaffee is small batch. It is, it is tailored for your animal. Um, it's grown on a large farm, but at the same time, the measures that we take to make sure that that's grown sustainably are huge. And I mean, we've, we've, we've spent, you know, millions of dollars making sure that we are a sustainable or as sustainable of a farm as we can be. Which is really awesome. And that was one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you. Um, because like, I, I'm not a farmer and I don't come from a farming background. I, I have farming in my family somewhere, but it's generations ago. So I was never really exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So somebody that lived in the suburbs and then moved to a rural area specifically because I wanted to grow some food and raise some animals. There are a lot of misperceptions about large farms and large farmers, and I'm one of those people that's completely guilty of believing those. And I've only been out here for about two years now, but in the two years that I've lived in a rural farming community and the year and a half that Sam and I have done this podcast, I've learned so much. And I feel like my brain has just like opened and expanded to the possibility that like not all big farms are Monsanto or are, you know, big ag doesn't mean that they don't care about mm -hmm. your food or your animals or 
the environment, like you said, and that that is a perception that really needs to be fought against because after seeing you and what you do, like my mind is just like totally opened up and, and blown away for lack of a better word. And that's the thing, like, and we, even in, in Instagram, you know, even in social media, we, you know, there's all these little groups that kind of get together and it's, you know, and I, I, for me, I enjoy, I enjoy the beauty in what you ladies are doing. Like I enjoy seeing the small scale farm. I, I, and I call it the man bun style of farming. (laughs) That's totally Um, my style of farming. Yeah. And so... I, I think it's it's so beautiful and it's it's amazing, you know. And at the same time, I mean, I look at what we get to do every day and, and the impact that we we live, and I, I think it's 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 equally amazing. And the thing about agriculture is, when somebody, when you get your hands dirty for the first time, and and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, it is one of the most empowering things that you will ever experience, mm-hmm. because it's yours, it's tangible, it's it's sweat, it's blood, it's tears, it's you are doing something that is directly impacting the way that you will live your life forever. And I feel that a lot of people start to get that feeling and then instantly we all become experts in our own field. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I, I, did, think, I appreciate it. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where, you know, instantly, you know, I had somebody who was like, well, how can you be sustainable? Because you farm in the desert. And I'm like, well, where do you live? And, you know, well, I live in Massachusetts. So I'm like, well, how can you be sustainable because you leach all of your nutrients into the ground because it rains so much? And, you know, and so they're like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And I said, here's the thing mm-hmm. is this is not about, this is really not about a um, a size matters kind of thing. This is, I tell that to a bunch of guys and they all look at you strange. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is this is one of those times in life where, my 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 belief is we have 30 crop cycles left. We have 30 years to figure out what is truly going on in agriculture before we start to go down a slope that we cannot fix. Like we will start to run out of food. Um, and I think that, that having people that are wanting to connect with a country lifestyle is is amazing and I think it's going to be good and eye-opening for big producers like me to have friends like you that say hey these are our real concerns and we're not we're not trying to sue you and we're not trying to um, you know beat you down over social media we just we have concerns and can you address these concerns and Mm -hmm. if we can't address the concerns then maybe I'm screwed up maybe I'm doing it wrong you know and so large agriculture is just kind of taking that well you're a hobby. You you don't exist, and we you shouldn't you shouldn't have a say so in the in the matter. Instead, saying hey, these are the people that are actually buying the products you produce. We probably need to have that conversation. And uh, and that's changed my way of thinking. Um, being a father, of course, has drastically changed that way of thinking. Um, but at the same time, I just want to. I want to be a big farmer. I want to farm thousands and thousands of acres. At the same time, I want to make sure that I can do that in a manner that is sustainable. And so that way, you know, somebody like y'all that that has to go to the grocery store, got you know, from time to time, when you do go there and you know it came from my farm, you're like, thank God, Jay's my backup. You know, it's here. And that's yeah. that's kind of the message that I've been trying to tout, if that seems clear enough, clear as mud. <laughs> No, I love that. And I think that that's such an important message because I, not to get like too crazy off topic, but I feel like 
there is sort of an us against them mentality just in so many things that people do as humans and like you got this idea in your head that you can't be sustainable if you're big Mm -hmm. but I look at what you're doing and the way that you're doing it and I'm thinking well because he's big he can impact so many more people and so many more grocery stores and so many more products so doesn't that make sense to scale Mm -hmm. into larger size farming if that is your mentality and it's hard because a lot of people aren't encouraging people to go into farming um, because it is it's it's hard work and the markets are you know there's so many things that you don't have control over not mm-hmm. just the markets and but it's ridiculously expensive yeah it is equipment is cost so much feed costs so much seed um mm-hmm. I just picked a hundred uh, Japanese beetles off of one basil plant and I just have a garden. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine if I had a whole field of basil, what that would look like right now. So um, imagine having 200 acres of grapes where Japanese beetles love new buds. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. No. You know, yeah. I mean, it's those stinking beetles. Oh, they're my least favorite. I was drowning them in soap today and it made me feel better. So I hope that that makes you feel better. <laughs> Uh, what kind of soap? I'll send you an extra bottle just for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. So, and this is one of the reasons why we have this podcast is to just like have these conversations. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, people get afraid to talk about stuff that they don't know a lot about. Like Sam and I correct ourselves all the time. We say wrong things all so the often. All the <laughs> all time. The time. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the things too is people people expect. I mean, when you think of a large farm, you know, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of pictures that come into my mind, and I don't I don't like driving through the farm this morning. Like it, it doesn't feel like a large farm. It just feels like a farm, mm. you know. And there's so many times that I'm like, you know, I'll say something, and people are like, well, you can't say it like that. They're like, because you're farming thousands of acres. And I'm like, oh, well, I'd, you know. I guess I take that for granted, but at the same time, it just feels feels like a gigantic garden to me, <laughs> you know. And it's <laughs> right, it's... yeah. Everybody has a different point of reference too. Like I just posted yesterday about these freaking weeds that I have just neglected in my front yard, and it's just this tiny little space compared to like, you know, what you're farming on a daily basis. Um, and, and my point of reference right now is just this little this little problem that I'm having. That's not really a problem that I could take care of on, in a few hours. But with you, if you have a problem on your thousands and thousands of acres, it's it's bigger to you. And it looks different to you than it would look to me. So I think that's where we all kind of get into each other, into trouble with each other. Mm-hmm. And where it can be difficult to have those conversations. Uh, because everybody's point of reference is different, and sometimes you can't pull your head out of your ass to see a different point of reference. <laughs> That's it. I mean, and the the biggest thing is is there's so many multi generation farms, and I'm not picking on you know there's a rich heritage in agriculture in America, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not talking about diving off into slavery and all of the the many crippling facts that are still behind agriculture in America, but as far as as far as the innovation and families and you know, what has actually become of the American farmer and the fact that we are able to feed and clothe and fuel and, and and empower so many people so rapidly is amazing. Like, it's a testament to these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I At the same time, the biggest thing that has crippled American agriculture is our, our 
unwillingness to step off of the farm and to sit down and talk to people that are genuinely concerned and scared about all of those things I just mm-hmm. mentioned, yeah. you know, and we have to, we have to come to a point in time where we just say, okay, we've got, we've got to, we've got to go talk to people and we've, we've got to let them mm-hmm. understand financially we are not making it. I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean I, you look at my Instagram and I mean, there's, I drive a $65,000 truck. Uh, we've got all of these tractors and buildings and all, you know, but I mean, at the same time, it's because the, you know, the, the consumer has asked, we want transparency. We want you to be more sustainable. We want you to do all of these different kinds of things. And at the end of the day, people think, well, these big farms are just getting richer and richer. And in all reality, we're just pointing ourselves into a box that there's no way out of Mm-hmm. And the reason that I went from 10 acres to over 18,000 acres is because we're, we're trying to sustain 120 employees. You know, I've, I've got a, a boatload of people behind me that I have to take care of. And if we don't continue to grow, we don't do that. But we have to make sure we right. do that not out of just financial security. We've got to make sure we do it out of environmental security. No pressure. Because you see some of the older generation that, you know, they're like, well, you got a weed problem? We can fix it. I got some stuff behind the barn here that we can, you know, and <laughs> that's not how we fix it yeah. anymore. That's how we screw things up. Yeah. I think that what y'all are doing, and I think the to kind of pull us back full circle, um, I think it's really awesome <laughs> for people that that are wanting to be, to live the country lifestyle to be able to interact with the guys that do it for a, for a living. And, um, and so for me to be able to follow along with y'all on Instagram and be able to follow along with some of the people you enjoy, it makes me feel, it makes me feel good. It makes me say, you know, I would like to retire with 10 acres again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we so appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to come talk to us and educate us on all the things we talked about today and to share that with our listenership because we have people that are urban backyard gardeners and you know they have small flocks of chickens in their backyard in Chicago so I think it's really this is a great space to be able to talk about things that we don't think about every day or that we don't experience directly so thank you for sharing all of that with us Oh yeah, no problem. I mean, I, I, I really, again, I can't thank both of you enough for, for allowing me to chit chat with you a little bit today. And, and to all the people that are, you know, listening to this, that are backyard gardeners and, and, and farmers and, uh, inner city, urban man bun dwelling farmers, you know, I think it's awesome. Um, don't ever, don't ever feel that that's an insignificant thing because it's a big thing. Even if you're, you know, if you're selling two dozen eggs a week or whatever you're doing, it's a part of agriculture and, it's it's a very um that's a it's a that's a big medicine that a lot of people need in their life and yeah. uh i think that the farming is a natural as a natural medicine if you if you love what you do every day i wake up get a cup of coffee walk out on the back porch and get to watch the sun start to come up over the mountains before i get me a corn dog and <laughs> I, I i think every day that this is just one of the most amazing occupations anybody could ever live and yeah it's got it's you know june sucked it was a hard hard month for us but at the same time mm-hmm. um it's it's amazing and it, if it empowers somebody that that's in inner city chicago with chickens and i'm glad i'm doing it that's awesome well thanks so much for joining us and listeners thank you for listening um i'll have links to 
everything uh, that we talked about in the show notes. We'll link to Jay's Instagram and Chaffee's website. And we'll talk to Jay and get together a couple of more links uh, that he thinks maybe you guys would be interested in. And we'll put those in there. So be sure and check those out. And um, until next time, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers. I sh- sure appreciate it. Cheers to you. And I'm going to go get this hay cut so I can come back and drink this beer. Oh, I like it. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> We drink things, we farm things